0: (laughs) Okie dokie, and we're back. Welcome. (laughs) Hi. Hello. Welcome back to Evil Thespian. Um, We're here. um, We're coming together. Um, uh, Happy sharing space. Sharing sharing space. (laughs) Um, So, we have a special guest today, um, our friend Tyler, who is a tenured actor. Um, Tyler, happy to have you. I don't know about
1: that, but. (laughs) Hi, guys. Hi, Hi Maddie. Hi, Josh. Hi. Thank you for For having me.
2: No, no. Of course. Yes. Of course.
1: We're Um, very excited
2: to explore um, Alan Menken and Howard Ashman's Little Shop of Horrors with you. Me
1: too. Me too. Seriously.
2: And this is our like Halloween special so <laughs> happy yeah. Halloween Tyler Ooh, yeah I guess Spooky. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> do you like Halloween Tyler um it's my
1: favorite holiday really? yeah I've oh. never not dressed up wow. um yeah it's absolutely my favorite holiday I go all out good I for you think about Halloween all year in fact wow <laughs>
2: Do you so, what are you going yeah. as this year? Yeah. Or who are you going as?
1: Um, you know, I'm always I'm always kind of just you know, like a creepy crawly, like trick or treater. I do <laughs> some like yes. I, yes. I, I, I have a bunch of bin nigh like gore makeup oh, and as I just you make my, <laughs> yeah, I just make my face look like I've been beat up. Yeah. Although this yes. year my so my boyfriend. He does drag and this Chinese company sent him this giant pair of um kits like a breastplate like oh. huge oh, nice. huge huge ones and so I'm dressing up like that sh- that uh shop teacher in Canada
2: oh perfect, perfect. love her excellent for, <laughs> one-
1: <laughs> for one party but then um tomorrow night we we actually um we have a performance at a rave um yeah. together and we're getting dressed up um for that
3: wow. um,
1: we're it's like a it's like a like a, a bdsm like sort of cabaret number um that we're oh. performing in the in the middle of the rave <laughs>
3: that's amazing
2: so cuz uh-huh. you really, you really like about that you really like the Marquis de Sade, right? we i mean, we, you and I. Have talked I do. About
1: that. I do. I'm a big fan of of the movie Quills. With, yes, um, Jeffrey I've been Rush. To watch that. And mm-hmm. it's so good. It's it's amazing. And one of my favorite plays is Marat Sade.
2: Oh, yes. so good. So good. <laughs> it is really yeah, good. I
1: love it. Yeah, I listened to your episode on it. Very Ooh. good.
0: Yeah.
2: Thank Josh you. Josh
0: introduced. Like I had. I have. I was familiar with it, but I had never seen the movie, um, or had never seen the play either. But I yeah. was a shaken.
1: <laughs> oh my god! Oh my. The writing is just incredible. So, so incredible. Yeah. And it's it's mentioned. Uh, the Marquis de Sade gets a re- a reference in uh, Little Shop of Horrors.
2: Yes, it's true. In the dentist song. Yeah. Wow.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Perfect. Who wants
1: their Piece done by the Marquis de Sade or something. I,
2: don't,
0: yes, yes. Bring it up. I know. Uh-huh.
2: So if you yeah. ever, if you were ever to do like Little Shop today, like that's the role that you would go for, right? For Wantagh.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I, so I did the play when I was in high school, mm-hmm. when I was a junior, and um, I auditioned, and I was I went to like five different or six different high schools or something like that. And so the, the, the theater teacher didn't know me and didn't know that I just assumed that I would get the starring role in everything. Um, so when I auditioned, I wanted, I wanted to be Seymour. I wanted to sing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, suddenly Seymour. I wanted to sing <laughs> Seymour's part.
2: Um, but
1: I mean, I would have been thoroughly miscast. Um, mm-hmm. So I got cast as, as Mr. Mushnick. Um, and I ended up falling in love with the role and loving it um but yeah so I I was in the play in high school but today I I don't think anyone would cast me as the the fat elderly Jewish man I think I would I would definitely (laughs) get cast as the dentist and I'm certainly not like you know a a nebbish uh dorky Mm -hmm. uh slender slight uh (laughs) Leaf, so yeah. <laughs> I don't think yeah I would ne- I would never get cast as Seymour but mm-hmm. when I was in high school I didn't really understand that and I was just like I am going to audition and I know that I'll get you know the starring role because mm-hmm. of course actually what happened
0: and then <laughs> have you always did you always know that you were going to be um attracted to acting or attracted to performing from like a very young age or did you yeah. get the acting bug in high school yeah
1: yeah. Um, so my first experience with theater, my grandmother, I think when I was in kindergarten, she took me to see the Nutcracker.
2: Nice. And,
1: um, I, it's a I have very, of I mean, a very vivid memory of her mm-hmm. taking me and, and seeing it and just being so enamored and, uh, just being dazzled by, you know, the magic that I was seeing on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, um, I think I was in fifth grade and the middle school that I was going to, the, the drama, the, the Junior Thespian Society came and they did a <laughs> performance of uh, some scenes from You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Um, so good. And Thanks. I remember I saw them on stage and they were, do- they were performing and they're singing uh, You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. And I just remember being like, oh, that's something I can do. Mm -hmm. um that's 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 me that's what I want Mm -hmm. to do so then that my sixth grade year I I signed up for uh, uh, the drama club and uh, (laughs) I enrolled in the the, uh, theater class Mm
0: -hmm. and uh,
1: yeah I've been pretty addicted ever since
0: yeah and then you said you're performing at a rave is that kind of how you Uh, kind of get out because sometimes I'm just like I need to uh, lock myself in my bedroom and like dance around and like sing to just like get get it out Uh how do you like get it out or how do you exercise that or how do you kind of like stroke the need to perform Um, because yeah it's like a weird impulse I think
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it it is a weird impulse
2: um
1: well god I you know I, I I um yeah i i go to ri- i go i don't go to as much nightlife stuff mm-hmm. na- i mean i'm 37 now mm-hmm. um so i don't go out a, uh, a lot
3: mm-hmm. um
1: but i'll go out and and i'll dance yeah um at parties and stuff so, uh right. yeah mm-hmm. i don't know you guys follow me on instagram you see that i'm i'm i mean you know yes me pretty intimately from instagram i mean by intimately i mean like my naked body.
2: Yes.
1: <laughs> no, you, you, you are you, like,
2: <laughs> you are a great like, thirst trapper. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes.
0: So do you work? Do you yeah. work out regularly, um, or like what's the <laughs> what's the routine? Like... oh yeah,
1: I work out regularly. Good for you. <laughs> yes, it's
0: so important. Yeah.
1: Um, but I mean, I uh, yeah, I you know, I, I li- I'm living in Portland, Oregon right now. Mm-hmm. um oh, I'm, I haven't really been auditioning a lot mm-hmm. um it- I honestly yeah I, I do have a lot of you know like private moments in my room where I'm like working on a monologue
3: mm-hmm. of course or yeah. or or,
1: or, or, or I, I'm not studying acting right now I don't have an acting teacher here mm-hmm. but I have a voice teacher um and I'm always working on on songs and so yeah I guess you know mm-hmm. my boyfriend gets you know a little private uh performances in the living room
2: (laughs) I love that
0: yeah I I definitely relate to that a lot absolutely what
1: Um, is the you have to sit through and endure all you know um really sinister monologues from Murat Saad often oh yes Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) what is the um theater scene in Portland like
1: I have no Idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I think it's relatively non-existent. Mm. Um, and from what I I have like like looked like been like, oh, I'm gonna audition for something close by, and like there's never anything posted. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's pretty like a pretty insular like scene. um right. And yeah. they probably cast all their friends. It's like all community yeah. theater, and like they already know who they're gonna fucking cast before. Right. They, you know what I mean? Pretty political. So, yeah. 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 I, I don't even, I haven't really even inve- investigated all too much. Um,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's how I yeah. feel about my <laughs> own city. I'm just like, what's the theater scene? Where do you like?
3: live,
0: I'm in Chicago. I was born and raised oh, okay. here. Um, so, I mean, all of the, I mean, huge history of, um, theater and uh, like storefront theater here. But Mm -hmm. after COVID, all of the theater people sort of left the city, which I think is a positive thing because there was a kind of like cultural like refresh and like that needed to happen like the theater scene was just like at a theater and like there was too much comedy here I was like please get the comedians out of this my city (laughs) I can't take them anymore um so (laughs) I was it's been a nice like cultural refresh but I mean I'm just like there's uh, nothing I'm ever really inclined to towards participating in unless um you know it's uh it would unless it like behooves me uh fiscally (laughs) to uh participate in but no I totally um I really relate to kind of the because we talk to a lot of actors and something that really gives me a lot of relief is that like everyone sort of has a break in between performing and not performing and then you know Mm. actually working and then not working and it's just like I've like so many times in my life, people are like, "Oh, Maddie, what do you do?" And I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever. Just I stay, I, I sit down, and I like, go on my computer, and like, just, I just do whatever." Totally. People tell totally. me to. <laughs> I'm just like, "Tell me yeah, where to oh, go." Well,
1: there there must be more of a theater scene in Chicago than fucking. Portland, Definitely.
0: Definitely. Oh my God, yes! Like it's huge. I mean, there is a very, I mean, um, yeah, very I think prolific, part of it, yeah.
1: Part of it is is like you know I was. Um, I was in New York City for like seven years, and Mm. I was a long-term member of like an ongoing class. Mm -hmm. And so I was just, I was part of like, you know, just, you know, a group of actors that, you know, would, we really, the class and the the structure of the class really helped me stay focused and Mm -hmm. audition more and work on things more. And, um, since I, I, you know, I, I left, um, that atmosphere, it's just, I haven't been as, um, motivated to audition, unfortunately.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, although yeah. that's something I'm working on, um, cultivating <laughs> a yeah. little, little, uh, self-determination rather than, you know, um, you know, trying to, uh, uh you know keep up with the expectation of of my teacher or my peers Mm.
0: yeah and like sometimes I feel like I need to like when I was in my earlier 20s I felt like I need to force a lot of things and make things happen but most of the things that I feel like really confident about have been things that I've let come to me where I'm like okay it's a mixture of the stars are aligning but also it's just like I'm not forcing anything. It's like woo way not forcing um going like going towards and leaning into my natural impulses while also yeah. not like having any huge building up expectations, just like I just need to like be myself, I guess, and like have fun mm-hmm. as like stupid as that sounds, but like, that's really what it comes yeah. down to,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean also you know the 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 process of auditioning like it's it's a lot less interesting to me than like the it
3: process is process yeah.
1: of the like, the craft of of acting right. and like It's so true. Um, it's so I have monotonous. my own pra- I have my yeah I have my own practice that I do daily um, so important like a basic relaxation <laughs> a, like a sense memory practice mm. that I do every day I I sing every day. Um, I read plays. I I analyze plays. I mm-hmm. I do dramaturgy. Mm-hmm. I, yeah! I, I, I'm <laughs> yeah. more invested in I'm more invested in, in the craft and the art and like the um than <laughs> auditioning. Yeah. I mean, currently.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah.
0: Well, yeah, guys, because. Um, if when you're on like the audition circuit really heavily it's very administratively taxing sometimes when I've been in like the throes of like so many appointments and like yes, slots oh I God. need to be I will be like I will literally like say to my husband I'm like should I hire a personal assistant am I that <laughs> insane because this shit is crazy like and like taking taxis across the city to go to this like um <laughs> like, studio to do this taping, and then, like, it's a lot. It's very taxing, and, like, it's very monotonous, and, like, it breaks you down, definitely, and I think it's really um, under, like, having that daily practice is so underrated, and, uh, yeah, auditioning is very boring. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, and, like, I'm, so, oh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I'm glad
2: that you do dramaturgy and that you're reading, yeah, a bunch of plays because i think like that will like feed into your work and enrich what you're doing Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah
0: yeah Yeah. what so what is um what's a recent play that you've like read or i know um i saw you post on instagram the peter brooks um uh book as well um
2: empty space
0: yeah empty space yeah Um, yeah
1: (laughs) yeah so good um well I mean I guess the the last play I read with the subject was roses. hmm Um do you guys know that
0: play? I'm not familiar. Who's
2: the who's the writer? Oh um, let me
1: go
0: look at my bookshelf
1: here. Um mm. Oh, Frank Gilroy.
2: Mm. Oh, gotcha. yeah, I, I'm not familiar.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> um, it's it's about um, a a family. It's like a, a kitchen sink drama um, uh, set that. in in the Lower East Side, and uh, the son um, in the play comes home from World War II. And um, he comes. He's having a, a, a very difficult time adjusting to living with his um, his parents. And he's an only child. And um, his parents are having a lot of uh, issues, and their relationship mm-hmm. is like falling apart. And a lot a lot of it is like him dealing with his you know like, not that you know, it was called PTSD at the time, but that's, Mm -hmm. you know, he's dealing with a lot of the traumas of, of um, having been (laughs) in World War II. Yeah. And, uh, and also like dealing with, you know, his his family sort of falling apart. Mm
0: -hmm. Wow. Do you feel like, um, this is something I think about a lot because I'm so drawn towards kitchen sink realism. I don't know why, I think it's just like the most pathologically apt and I always feel like kitchen sink realism is always, at least in the vacuum of like drama and theater, it's always the most dramaturgically compliant with like, stakes are like exclusively. Um,
3: politics, yeah. yeah,
0: like I'm so, I'm such a uh, like classic, like, um aristotle like loyalist in that way sometimes and i don't know it's Mm -hmm. like maybe it's because of my uh cultural like rearing like education but i don't know do you ever feel like that or what is like is that a Um,
1: i think i think the i mean the point of entry is just it's easier yeah um Mm -hmm. because it's based in reality yeah it's more accessible you can find more more parallels you know from from your life the, the rhythms of the play are easier to recognize, mm-hmm. and um, it casts yeah, a wide net. I, I, I
0: think, yeah, yeah. Oh so, yeah, I'm
1: definitely a- attracted to you know, well, more so then kitchen sink traumas and more realistic plays for sure. Mm-hmm.
2: So then, what where what is the int- like entry to Peter Brook for you? Because Peter Brook, I feel like, is very anti uh kitchen sink realism mm-hmm. or like he's very much like don't fall like get into that trap of like I'm doing a kitchen sink drama you know so what what is your intrigue and what fascinates you about peter brook um
1: I, I i guess i mean i mean i guess you know the I do like kitchen sink realism, but I also like you know the potential that uh, you know uh, plays other plays have you know for mm-hmm. the potential for theatricality mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, suspending for, your disbelief. Uh,
0: That's what really yeah, it's susp- all about. Yeah, the suspension of
1: disbelief. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 there's just a the potential for more more theatrical. Uh, you know, performances. Yeah. Um, from, yeah.
0: from. And yeah, and I think the great thing about being a theater practitioner is that it forces you to really stretch your imagination um, because sometimes you're like, this has to be realistic. And we have to be pragmatic with like our resources, but it's like, no, like I think with Peter Brook, like you read it and you're like, no, anything could be anything. You have to like actually use your imagination. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that like, I feel like in a a contemporary context is incentivized for us to exercise on like a daily basis, and that like this is why I, like I listen to show tunes on my way to work when I'm like listening to like fucking like Godspell, totally. and I'm like yeah. I'm crying on you, the bus. To, <laughs> it,
1: it enables it enables the actor to to be to find those those parallels from from their life, so the characters are relatable. It 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 allows for more um, of an imaginative, uh, imaginative process, yeah, and uh, and it's it's way more of a, a stretch and uh, a challenge.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, this is a great transition point because I feel like music and musicals are a great igniter of imagination. Like they, I mean, yeah. if, whether you're a person that's into musicals or not, or you're just a music head or a fan of music in general, like that is really what is such a um, catalyst to exercising an, an imagination or an imaginative world. Um, and I think uh, Little Shop is such a great example of that because it's so out of pocket and random. <laughs> like whenever I it think of Little Shop, it's like, I'm like, this is who wrote this story? <laughs>
1: It, it, yeah, it totally is, but, but like, I feel, I feel like a, a lot of the overarching themes in, mm-hmm. in Little Shop, you know, um, make it really like very relatable, like, oh, yes. you know, incredibly relatable, like, you know, just, you know, um, <laughs> like the, the, the theme of, of the American dream or, or mm-hmm. the fallacy rather of the American dream, mm-hmm. um, you know uh yeah. like the facade. You know, upward mobility yeah
0: being poor i just yeah. i laugh every time when i see like rick Moranus like do his little sweep and he's like i'm poor oh. i'm poor
1: and <laughs> yeah, then i like
0: play, bitch that's me the
1: little shop has you know elements of both which mm-hmm. i think it is, is has a lot to do with its success because
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, it, it it has a cult following in mm-hmm. the theater world and i major was, yeah t- and I was curious, like, what did you, when you were a junior in high school, you said? Yeah. When you played, what were your first impressions of it?
1: Um, well, so, I mean, I was initially exposed to the movie. Yes. It came out in 1986. Um, I, I probably watched it when I was, like, six or seven. My mom would just leave HBO running like yes. I, I also watched yes. the Silence to the Lambs uh, yep. around there. Me
2: too. Me yeah. too. Um,
1: so, um and uh, you know GameMax and a lot of other shit I probably shouldn't have seen but mm-hmm. uh, yes. Um I mean I think I saw it when I was like yeah like 6 or 7. Mhm. Um, same. Yeah. Wow. So um that was when I when I was initially exposed to it. Um but uh, I guess my, my initial impression when I was a junior in high school, um, mm-hmm. I, from what I remember, I, I just, I, um, I mean, I really, I really just fell in love with story and I was initially really pissed off. <laughs> um, because I had only seen the movie, I was really mm-hmm. pissed off that I was cast as Mr. Mushnik. Because in in the movie, Mr. Mushnik doesn't have any songs. no um, they're all no. cut. They're all cut yeah. from the movie.
0: It's very condensed. Um, so I was like, I don't have yeah.
1: a fucking song. I song. And then I, after I got the script, I read it and I was like, okay. I
3: mean, yeah. I
1: actually have one really good song. mm
0: Hmm. Um, you, phew thank god
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah thank god
0: yeah, phew oh, uh, like
1: yeah <laughs> so i remember uh, reading it i my initial my initial reaction was uh that sense of relief and then also mm-hmm. i was uh just became really really invested in in the play and the world of the play
0: yeah it's it's very strange like this play or this play and like the music it has elements of being like so presentational and surface level and um, very uh, uh, campy, I guess. But mm-hmm. it's also the the darkness that sort of underscores like the rest of the story, um, leaves you with this like very unsettled, like a very like weird, like unsettling feeling as the story progresses, um, because it's just weird, out of the ordinary, total eclipse of the sun. What, is what's happening. Um, It's kind of like, it it kind of follows the rules of uh, writing where like more outrageous things happen on top of another and someone who like is unfamiliar with the story, it it makes a very profound impression, I think, with the story and the music combined.
1: Absolutely. Well, it's Mm -hmm. so tightly written and there is no lull, there's no lag, it's so Mm -hmm. fast. You know, yeah it's like a so sort of fat. like a
0: 80s contemporary version of almost like uh it reminds me of like a anything goes kind of like boom 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 you know exactly like there's no well you don't have any moments where you're given you're giving you can yeah give your, you're like give yourself to
1: yeah capture your attention immediately
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, yes and and yeah you're it's you're really given a show the entire the entire time hmm
2: um and so for the people who like don't know what Little of Horrors is about, um, it's uh Alan Menken and Howard Ashman's um nineteen when did it come out? Nineteen eighty 1980, uh nineteen eighty two. It, it premiered off Broadway. Nineteen eighty two,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah it premiered off off Broadway. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was like they a cult, moved it to the yeah. Orpheum mm-hmm. um shortly thereafter.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and so and it's the adapted from the film that came out in what uh 1960? 1960. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and then it's about this Roger little,
1: Corman's film.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's about a, a a shop, a plant shop, and Seymour who's like down, he's very depressed, and he discovers this plant, this magical celestial plant that um he has to to tend to and it grows and um but he has to feed it blood it's the, the only thing it will eat is blood and it grows and grows and grows and until it's um uncontrollable and it's this weird science fiction musical that um all theater people love <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah well you know it uh, the, the you know um Howard Ashman and Alan Mankin, they took a a lot of inspiration from um, the play, um, The the Tragical History of the Life and Death of Dr. Faustus. (gasps) I literally Um, was saying,
2: (laughs) as I was watching, I was like, this is Dr. Faustus.
0: Making no. in
2: yeah. the 1960s. I was, yeah. oh, oh yeah. my God.
1: <laughs> and so, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, it's a, a story that has, you know, it's in so that has inspired so many writers and so many
3: mm-hmm.
1: stories, like since, you know, the, the, since, I mean, I think the initial, the initial fable was like written. In like during the medieval times, yeah. the play antiquity. Was, 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 it's, it's in a, yeah, it's like mm-hmm. an Elizabethan, you know, play, yeah. and it was incredibly popular and it inspired so many writers. So it's just it's a story that is like it's like unconsciously everyone already like you know they yes. they uh, they know it.
3: Yes,
2: um, there's so there's this theory that like theater like civilizations have like three archetypes that arise and one of them is dr dr faustus like each civilization has Mm -hmm. a dr faustus type that eventually will occur Mm -hmm. um so it's uh, it is it feels like it's a a subconscious story and it it really like does like play at our need to like understand and intellectualize and and but also like what deal are you going to make to like define your life and, mm-hmm. and to what, your what deal life.
0: yeah what compromise do you make to uh get what you want what deal with the devil do you um what kind of negotiations are you going through in your head that uh, are activating yeah. like this Whatever. faustian bargain <laughs> that we all kind of yeah <laughs> yeah mm-hmm.
1: uh-huh.
0: and uh, yeah I, I think about dr Faustus like constantly because i i think also um connecting to like what Josh is saying, like people identify and they weirdly like know about Dr. Faustus or like uh, are in touch with Dr. Faustus even if you don't know or like understand or like have read or been taught about the play like or the, yeah, the story. Yeah. Um, it's just a weird unconscious presence that like lives in everyone weirdly um, in the history of human civilization. Um, so yeah, it's, it's constantly coming up. And I think what's weird is like- I mean, I, it's,
1: it's, yeah. it's sort of the backbone of, of like every tragedy and every drama is like, you know, the, the uh, protagonist is confronted with, you know, a, a moral quandary, you know, mm-hmm. and they have to make a choice and there are elements of, you know,
3: mm-hmm. good
1: and and, and evil. Yeah, um, and, and that's, that's what's raising perfect, the stakes. You know, to, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think um, I really identify with Seymour <laughs> in this show. Like, I don't know, like, when he is presented but with the I. opportunity. I mean, seriously, like, if I was in his position. It would be like, really hard
1: not to identify. It's hard
0: not it to. With and with
1: Audrey, yeah.
0: Of course, mm-hmm. and, like, the stakes are so high because he's... She's literally being beat by her boyfriend. and she's like coming in with black eyes and like, you're in love with this girl. Like, I absolutely would like kill to like save some woman I loved, you know,
2: but what's so interesting about Audrey is like she sees that, like Seymour has a low self-image of himself. Mm. But she doesn't see in herself that she has a low image of herself mm-hmm. it's very fascinating and like you know kind of i don't know you
1: don't think so i feel like she does
2: no so, i don't um, oh, well maybe she actually maybe she does though because like you know she, she that's she that's, that's like, how they connect like,
1: i've lived i have like a horrible past I've you know i i met the the dentist at um oh god what is the uh the, in the gutter which is the name mm-hmm. of like of the club and she's like has uh-huh. like passed she doesn't like i mean i think you you mentioned like you know that seymour's sort of a you know archety- archetypical uh character but like i feel like audrey's sort of like the hooker with a heart of gold in a way she is. um except she doesn't she doesn't like explicitly say that you know she was a hooker, but that's kind of what I inferred out of, you know, I have the seedy past and yeah. she sort of dresses right. like, you know, a skid row prostitute. Yeah. Like, like so I, I. It's implied. I mean, um, yeah, <laughs> it to a certain extent.
0: Mm-hmm. But she also um, knows, like, she deserves better. And, like, I don't think she explicitly says it. Well, um, it's like, but, but you, you she definitely know. has
1: the desire. She has the desire. She knows. For but it's so interesting. A better because- life
2: there's that chorus and, and of, she, I
1: think she has the she knows she has the potential yeah. to, to right. a better
2: life mm-hmm. but it's like the chorus is commenting on what's going on the three black women mm-hmm. they're co- commenting on the what's urgent, going on and yeah, and, yeah. yes mm-hmm. and they they're saying like oh like she doesn't have a very like a very high self-esteem of herself because like she's staying with this this man who's beating her you know but then she'll go and she'll talk to to Seymour and be like you, you have a you have a very low self image of yourself. Like you need to, you need to aim for more in life, and but maybe what you're saying, Tyler, like she, like understands intuitively like what Seymour's going through, mm-hmm. but she won't admit it, you know, to anybody else. But she, well, she's also like a. Probably- Go ahead
1: she's also like a a victim of her circumstances and perhaps you know audrey doesn't like she's she's so embedded and and in in her life and the the rhythm of of her life and her circumstances that she doesn't even like uh perhaps acknowledge like the possibility necessarily um that -hmm. she can find her way out of it although she has these these dreams these aspirations
2: Mm-hmm. right and well and maybe also she does like on some extent the fact that she is being beaten up you know like maybe some people do like the sadistic sure. masochistic
0: maybe i don't she know
1: yeah, I, she, I you think, know the dentist yeah. is a sadist she i, I don't she might be uh, you know a, a little sadomasochistic mm-hmm. <laughs> Perhaps. i think
0: the <laughs> dentist i think the dentist definitely is like the most like sadomasochistic character and like archetype and the whole Mm. thing and um I I think his like uh songs are like the most fun honestly like you kind of have these you're introduced to his character as being like very evil and then you kind of feel very unsettled because his Songs are like his song is like my favorite song. Like be a judge is like my it's my favorite song in the show. Um and
1: yeah um, it's the most fun I can fun. see why. I mean it's yeah such a fun, it's such a fun number. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. I mean, yeah,
1: Orin, I mean he's like this he just he literally says he gets off on the painting flicks and yeah. Like, um he has the I mean they give him like the psychological profile of the serial killer he, he gets yeah, he off in pain yeah he, he he tortured animals as a child mm-hmm. um <laughs> he he has and his he he states that his mother really indulged him in his his you know rather morbid interests
0: mm-hmm. um yeah they yeah, really go he, they really you know, go for the gut in the, like his yeah, character he, like you see him like he punch her in the tufflies, face poisoning yeah.
1: guppies Yes. <laughs> uh, bashing in pussycat's
0: heads. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Well, and that scene, that scene with Bill Murray was so funny. Where he's mm-hmm. like, he plays the oh patient God, who's yeah. like so into it. And then mm-hmm. even uh-huh. the dentist is like so turned off is- by the fact <laughs> that he's into
1: it. <laughs> he- yes. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Um I really like the scenes uh in the dentist office because they actually had to refilm every single dentist scene and completely redesign and scrap what they had filmed previously because really what I really, really love what I really yes what I really love about the movie is that it's so dark and I can't see shit in the whole movie like anything <laughs> that's in a studio I'm like it's so dark and shadowy you can really only see like half of people's faces it's like it looks like it's were gaps in like the light grid but then when you go to the (laughs) dentist's office it's like so overhead lighting overexposed it looks like an action i mean that's
1: how it feels in a dentist's office
0: yes it does it's realistic but what's interesting is that like this movie is so dark and like really poorly lit but apparently they had to refilm all of the scenes in the dentist's office because it worked um, poorly, it, it was not working with test audiences for some reason. So I don't know what was happening in the 80s, uh, but apparently the test audiences did not respond well to the dark, like, uh, and the, it, the original dentist's office was originally like splattered with blood and grungy and poorly lit.
2: Interesting. Yeah,
0: and they had to kind of refilm um, everything and honestly,
2: then honestly like yeah,
1: it's weird test audiences
0: yeah <laughs> um,
1: because they also like had to had to reshoot the ending oh yeah. my god I love it. which I love and it just I feel like it totally like just I mean ruins the story yes um, yes it does but they had to totally, totally. shoot the ending and uh, you know uh Seymour lives Audrey lives would Mm -hmm. sort of like you know uh negate the whole like you know the 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 ending um from the 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 stage show
2: yeah yeah because like it ends on a very like moralistic like don't I mean it's saying like don't feed the plant like don't give into these primal desires that you Mm -hmm. have because like they will backfire on you Mm -hmm. and you know the ending I mean I guess the ending does kind of imply that like a little bit that they like a
1: little bit, yeah,
2: yeah, that they like have this very idyllic life and they're like gonna like recede into that, but like it's not the same as like. But that song, the ending song is so good. I mean,
1: I, I kind of get, I mean, I get, I get, I mean, like Ellen Green, um, and uh, Rick, Rick Moranis,
3: mm-hmm. I mean,
1: they just do such, they're just, they are are the most lovable characters. Very charming. When, like, really. So charming mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. you get so invested in them and their lives and their story that I think the, at the end when they both died, the audiences just couldn't take it. And like in a, in a stage show, like the actors, they come back out for curtain call.
3: Yeah. And you're right. like, oh,
1: they're alive.
3: Yeah.
1: Do you know what I mean? Thank God. But, like yeah. in the movie, yeah, in the movie, like they're gone, like yeah. Audrey and Seymour are dead. Mm-hmm. So hmm. I, th- I think that was more than maybe the audience could bear. I yeah. Suppose. But now I feel like contemporary audiences would, they would, they would be okay with the yeah. more, you know. They would nihil- be like, oh yes.
0: Well, yes. Oh, and I, know,
1: post-apocalyptic yes. Uh, uh, ending, you know.
0: Yes, and like the yeah, the facade <laughs> of the American In the eighties, like, you know,
1: people are still a bit more, you know. Uh,
0: Aspirational.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I suppose I
0: can understand that definitely and I that's I had the same exact thought similarly when I was watching this I was like why did this show like weirdly age really well like why do I feel like this the actual movie would like perform like really well with audiences I guess I don't I don't know like something about it is because it's so esoteric and random um I just feel like it has those weird elements of like camp and like seriousness and then like removed irony yes. but also like the sincerity of like aspiring for something beyond what you have and then I don't know I just feel like it uh it's very apt for like this moment um yeah it just is
3: it, it, it holds it over absolutely
1: is mm-hmm. it, yeah. it absolutely is especially like the, you know, it takes place on Skid Row mm-hmm. um, and like I, I don't know about Chicago, but from what I've heard, like, you know, a large portions of the city resemble Skid Row oh, and yeah. that's kind of what it's like, here in port- I mean, especially post pandemic. Like, you know, I think, yeah, this, I think, you know, this play is, it's, you know, uh, still very relatable uh, oh, yeah, very much so.
0: Oh, absolutely. Like, I just, every single time, like, I'm poor, I'm poor, and I'm like, bitch, me too. Like, I, and like.
1: (sighs) Yeah, same. Every single
0: time, like, when I take the bus to work, like, I think especially now, like, uh, whatever, re- have recession or whatever the hell uh, kind of like wave of Inflation. like cultural, inf- whatever the hell is going on. I feel like it's very apt. And um, yeah, when I take the bus and I like, I see like four lease four lease, uh on my way. I'm like, dear God, like th- there goes the neighborhood like what? about to get shot. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's the thing is like the Skid Row song is, is the perfect I want song. Mm-hmm. in all of musical theater like it truly yeah. captures like that energy that like people have and like I don't know it, it's just it sticks with you it really does I know.
0: like I'm, I'm like I'm on the bus going to work and I'm like uh, singing that I'm like downtown. downtown I'm like oh god <laughs> fuck here we go yeah, yeah. Uh, oh my yeah, god Yeah, where your life is a mess and
2: uh, i know and then i'm seven. like <laughs> i'm
0: like oh god like i'm the black lady with like my yes. uh, paper bag
2: like looking up <laughs> at my apartment
0: yeah oh uh, my boy. god <laughs> i will say i really like in the movie like the fact i love the just like i love a lot of the these movies from this era um where you know uh intellectually that this is in a this is filmed in a studio um and oh, it's yeah. really
1: and, yeah they actually they filmed it yeah. in england
0: that's so really? random
2: <laughs> yeah
0: it's so weird
1: uh-huh. i mean yeah, it was
2: directed by frank oz i guess mm-hmm. that makes sense.
1: i mean it's such a, it's such an american story and they use all like you know american actors and yeah yeah they filmed it in, in England well, maybe Rick, it was just cheaper to film there at the time I don't know
0: yeah Rick Moranis was like a huge hallmark of my childhood even though I was Dang. born honey in- I
1: shrunk the kids oh my god yes! yes
0: I was like I was not even alive in the 80s but because my parents you were oh my no I know I was born in 94 but <laughs> oh, okay because, but because my parents are <laughs> my parents are gen x so my parents are like uh-huh. super young and I they just like flooded me with I guess all of like I just grew up watching a lot of 80s movies and like all of these like Gen X uh, like golden uh, you know pieces from the time I guess I, I suppose yeah but um yeah Rick Moranis was like my childhood r- randomly all of his movies Damn. everything and just like such a sweet every every man that I've ever like had an impulse yeah, towards like
3: yeah he's one like- of
1: those <laughs> iconic st- like it's he's he's his story's so sad it's so sad Mm -hmm. iconic stars and the heart of gold he was still around oh my god God, i think he's kind of
2: cute yeah
1: oh he's totally adorable he's totally adorable especially in this movie yes Mm, when he gets very angry
2: and he's like i'm gonna protect you (laughs) all
1: Like, yeah, protect me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, his wife. So he had a. He has like I think he has like two children,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and
1: uh like very. Uh, like, I think like at some point in the early '90s or something, his wife got cancer and died,
3: mm-hmm. and he yeah. just
1: oh he stopped. He stopped working essentially, mm-hmm. and just devoted himself, you know, to being a father, which it's is so admirable, it's so virtuous. But, God, admirable. I wish I yeah which, yeah. but I got, uh, you know, very selfishly, I wish, you know, um, we, he would have kept working. <laughs> yeah, um, well, what's
0: uh, very relatable is that he quit acting, but um, he was he was kind of, uh, you know, inclined towards coming back after his wife's death, but he said that, you know, he didn't really miss the pressure that he experienced while being, being an actor. Totally. Um, and that's, like, so that's relatable. Nice. Yeah. Um, man it's yeah it's a lot definitely (laughs) um
2: well Tyler Maddie and I were talking you know who we'd like to see play uh Seymour and mm -hmm. I suggested Jack Antonoff (laughs) would be a great Seymour but who do you think would make a great Seymour
3: um gosh
1: I, I haven't really thought about it
0: um well there we're we are living in a deficit of like jewy leading men i believe so true. Like, yeah yes. it's just every jewish uh any any is, kind of like guy that's like implied that he's like sort of like this Jew- jewish like guy it's like he's not really Like i don't know these is are Adam the things driver I
2: think of, jewish no oh but my god maybe he is i don't know Actually, i don't know
0: i'm talking but- on my ass but <laughs> I think, he, I think he's
1: fake. I, yeah, just um, I, I won't. I was about to say something mildly anti-Semitic, but I no, won't. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, with um, that nose, my God. Um, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't think he's Jewish either, actually.
0: <laughs> no, I don't think he is. But I, that's what I'm saying. Like, whenever I think of like iconic. Um, like, Jewish, like, leading roles. I'm like, where where are they? I'm like, where are my boys?
2: Yeah, because now, like, you <laughs> know, John, Jonathan Groff is playing, well, he's not playing it now, but, like, he was in the Off-Broadway production. And
1: he's such, he's such like, a basic, like, white boy, right? I yeah. know.
0: Yeah. Um, well, where are the I, Jewish actors? I know. However, forefront. however, um, um, I mean, anybody who plays Seymour fares well if they um, wear glasses. So that's why I really. Um,
2: totally.
0: But I really thought that um, Josh here would make a great Seymour. Um,
2: I probably could, honestly. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I think you. Yeah,
1: definitely. <sighs> definitely. Thank you. Yeah. I don't.
2: I mean, I would really have to pull out the leading man material, but I. I thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah um would you if you were in this show today would you still um play would you still enjoy to like play the dentist or like what is sort of your dream role it could be um a little i mean
1: i so i i i was initially cast as i I was cast as mr moshnik yeah right Um, but But yeah, I think that I mean the dentist would probably be the only role right. for me. I'm i I'm I think. Yeah. But I mean definitely. I I love Seymour's songs so much. Yeah, I like so good. literally they're like seared into my brain. I like ever since I was in the show, like i I've, I've literally all of the songs like you know the, you know when you're in you you've worked on on plays and like certain monologues or certain songs they just don't leave you ever and you mm-hmm. can always right. like I know every word to certain monologues I know every word to certain songs
3: mm-hmm.
1: um Seymour songs I just I know every word that I have since I was you know a junior in high school mm-hmm. um yeah. so although I I you know i would be like thoroughly miscast as Seymour, um, and I mm-hmm. would uh, love. <laughs> I would <just> love <laughs> to sing songs like his on stage. Um, you like they just mm-hmm. like his songs. They are they show like R- Rick Moranis is not the best singer, so I think a lot oh. of people like they they like see him singing the songs and they're like, oh yeah, he, yeah, know. it works. A, it totally like a, works. It works it mm-hmm. works because he I does mean, it in this like, you know, singing, talky sort of, you know, musical yeah. theater sort of way that like mm-hmm. it works and it's mm-hmm. passable, but there's so much potential like to really showcase like you, like you your singing with Seymour songs. Definitely. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: But I think like, I, I don't know, I think like you could play, I think anything is possible anymore, mm-hmm. you know, and I think <laughs> You know, audiences are very. I was totally. I was talking about this. They're very
1: forgiving. They are. Yeah. yeah, I was talking about this with everyone Everyone's Ready to like crowbar their contemporary values onto every every play. So they're like, oh, anyone can play anyone.
0: Right, and then people always come back. People (laughs) always come back if they don't like something at first. People always pedal back, whether it's a couple years later, whether it's a couple months later. People always pedal back and like. Um and I just think like that's why everything is anything is possible because if people don't like something now, they'll come back to you.
2: Yeah, they'll come back. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, I so Ellen Green is such an enigma to me. I find her to be so fascinating. Oh cabaret, plays, singer, plays, cabaret singer, tenor cabaret singer. Yes, she plays yeah, Audrey. Yeah. What I mean her voice is like i i i don't even know how to it's like insane. put it into words
1: it's out of this world This like the when she's singing um suddenly seymour this like it it's just like guttural like wail that she does yes like there's this, there's she really like lays it on heavy and it's like performance from the 80s like when she's on letterman mm-hmm. um and she's it's like yeah it's like guttural wail. it's like so full of emotion and just comes from like the just depths her gut gut. it
0: does it's like if you any any vocal
1: teacher is like that do
0: it
3: yes
1: she she, it it sounds funky and so weird but just mm -hmm. it it works works. for 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 audrey (laughs) and it works for ellen Mm -hmm. um and for for uh to me like they're just inseparable like every time like i hear another audrey or see another audrey like i just I feel disappointed right. because she just made that role like hers and it's way that like like rick moranis just didn't necessarily like i, 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 I like and like believe other seymours and i like mm-hmm. i'll go along with it but every time i see another audrey i'm just like no that's that's not ellen green
2: well, yeah, yeah, it's so it's, so, <laughs> funny. <know>? it's <laughs> so funny because, like, uh, when Encores did Little Shop of Horrors a few years ago and they had Jake Jillenhall playing um, Seymour, they asked Ellen Green to come back and play Audrey, you know, like she and she was like in her. 60s, I believe. Yeah. seven. You know, uh, 50s, 60s. Mm-hmm. Like she, you know, she wasn't. She wasn't like and young. And she was
1: incredible. I watched a video of it the other day.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's crazy. And like she is she, cemented. Well, into that she clearly role.
1: like she clearly like eats well, takes care of herself, exercises. <laughs> like he she's does. taking care of her voice. Like mm-hmm. you know, she she didn't do the like deep guttural wailing thing. Uh-huh. Um But like uh I mean maybe she just her voice just can't do that anymore like mm-hmm. she's older and maybe she's just not willing to go there I don't know but uh you can yeah. tell like um, she's a real like, I was just like singer oh yeah oh <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah she but yeah she was like I was I, I I was like how old is she in this and I I looked it up and I was like she's like in her like early to mid 60s and I was blown <laughs> away because you would Insane. believe that she was like like I know, like like the 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 camera was like a little like the footage was a little blurry, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but like I would have believed like from like you know on stage like like from the audience like I I would have believed you know she was a woman in her you know 30s 40s in her 30s anything. yeah definitely
3: yeah definitely
1: very believable
3: but yeah I mean
1: I mean that's the power of you know makeup and costuming mm-hmm. and hair and just it, and, and being that, skinny her. her and <laughs> yes. also I mean it's just yeah. because she just it really embodied the character and you just believe mm-hmm. it
0: mm-hmm. and also I feel like her the energy in her body kind of the energy and like the way she carried her body in the movie as well her um, physicality kind of, yes yeah. it was, that was
1: still she, very much present
0: Yes, she's like Definitely. really activating every single muscle, whether it's that's just her naturally or whether she like does that intentionally. Uh, but like, you can really see that she is a vocalist. And I feel like any like, uh, vocal coach will like always tell you like oh yeah sing from your vagina whatever but like this girl really, <laughs> that's this, what my
1: voice she, teacher tells me
0: every single time like, <laughs> he, she's the only person who like I've listened to and I'm like no this girl really sings from like her uterus like really yeah. deep her down her, she yeah, feels her guts.
1: everything she's so mm-hmm. incredibly like present and emotionally invested mm-hmm. in like yes, i believe texture. everything she says mm-hmm. i believe everything she sings mm-hmm. like i she she's like she's got me yeah oh.
2: and Early. she does she does that squeaky like new york accent like that's not her natural speaking voice no right?
1: of course not yeah. <laughs> yeah and like of course not, it, they would <laughs> but
2: she also has a lisp in the movie right or in the mm-hmm. show
1: yeah, she, does. she has a natural yeah. lisp.
2: I think that that's like the most oh, she important. does. I mean, she seemed like she had a lisp. Okay.
0: But should I, she have one like naturally in real life? I don't know. Oh. That's,
2: oh. That's, I don't that's what, that. I, that's what I'm trying to Maybe I haven't really
1: watched a lot of like interviews or anything. Mm-hmm. So.
2: But I, I don't know. Cause I mean, if it's natural, like if she has a natural lisp, like that's amazing and that she uses it mm-hmm. to her advantage because, you know, it really works for mm-hmm. Audrey.
0: Well, we were, um, uh, we were talking about this with like, I think we were talking about this with Roman, how like it, it, a lot of performers make the mistake of like not tapping into their greatest strengths. And we were saying like, there's a lot of young performers who come out like sounding the same, like Mm -hmm. every cattle call you go to, like, they all sound like the same texture, the same placement. And it's like, no like you have to tap into like your weirdness to make something unique and like sound and activate something like and the way the she stand did stand
1: out yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and like like uh, yeah uh, yeah play what your your what you you know you assume are your 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 weaknesses mm-hmm. you know you can really if you approach it the right way like mm-hmm. you can really turn them into your strengths
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh yeah. Yeah.
0: So what what's funny to me is that the voice of the plant was originally supposed to be like Eddie Murphy or somebody but oh it was like God. a random guy um but I think uh, yeah, Eddie Murphy random
1: like, he's like a like a like he was like you know very like established like Broadway actor.
0: Oh well this was something I missed in my research it was a gap <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah. I I really uh I really enjoy like the plant uh character for me I feel like it's very underrated character in this play <laughs> you know
1: well yeah because you're off stage the whole time and every yeah. actor is like you know they're like fuck that like I'm yeah. a ham I want to be on fucking stage right um, <laughs> like <laughs> like yeah um yeah it is it is a really underrated character it um, is it, it absolutely is yeah but-
2: And it's so fascinating to watch like Seymour when they're in the like, where Seymour's like trying to figure out, does he kill the dentist or not? And he's like singing to Audrey too. And it feels like he's having a conversation with his primitive self. His Mm -hmm. primitive self is telling him like, you need to kill this guy. But then his Seymour and his logical brain are like saying, no, like don't kill the guy. But like, (laughs) but maybe I will kill the guy because like I love Audrey and Audrey too, you know, is a manifestation of me. And Audrey too feels like their child. It's so it's so fascinating and bizarre mm-hmm. to watch when they like get up in each other's faces and they're like singing to each other. Mm-hmm. I was enthralled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. And to like to tie it like that character back into the the whole faustian uh legend like mm-hmm. he i when i was like uh reading the play i i i re- i thought um i did, of course didn't uh think this when I was a junior in high school but um there, there's the character from the the faustian play there's there's uh, the character of Mistopheles which um mm-hmm. Faust conjures through through necromancy mm-hmm. and uh that i mean to me like that is that i was like oh that's that's audrey too yeah. um yeah and uh i you know he's uh he's this, like fallen angel and like an an agent of of
3: mm-hmm. saint
1: of satan mm-hmm. um who yeah. who like you know per, you know uh is um giving, uh, you know, presenting um, Seymour with all these these uh, moral ca- quandaries, these moral choices mm-hmm. um, that that he has to make. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Because the the plant really does give me that um, weird, like a messenger of Satan didn't quite make it into heaven, but is able to mm-hmm. articulate like these choices and um, kind of <laughs> you know present you and tempt you um with yeah. compromising yourself um to mm-hmm. get what you want and um he almost I mean he convinces Seymour that what he's doing is like virtuous even though he's like committing like murders and like chopping up people and, like feeding him to totally. the plant and um it kind of a ba- based on um you know, the, the stakes within Seymour's mind, he feels in the moment, like very justified mm-hmm. for um, committing murder <laughs> when you think about it, yeah. you know, because, and the audience yeah. is also um, equally, like, the audience is like rooting for both him and, um, um, yeah, like every, the audience is like rooting for Seymour and like are, you're kind of co-signing his uh, mur- his his new like m- life as a murderer essentially. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know he's doing. He's like like Seymour's committing all these like heinous like like uh like gory acts.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: he's like literally like although he like he lets Oren like die like like
3: mm-hmm.
1: in the gas mask or or whatever like mm-hmm. he he still has the opportunity to, to, to save him
3: mm-hmm. and he
1: decides not to. And then he, he goes even further and dismembers him and feeds him to the plant, you know? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, Mistopolis, he's he's meant to represent like the, the sorrow that comes with like separation from God and living mm-hmm. like
0: yes in a
1: moral life. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
1: and he's like, he's constantly, you know, um, uh yeah presenting uh seymour with these like these uh voices that that you know that go uh and 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 offering him these you know fortune and fame and like Mm -hmm. you know like it uh sex and Mm -hmm. love Mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. you know just sort of dangling them you know above his head and mm-hmm. saying you know you if you do these things if you carry out these these immoral acts like you could have you know whatever your heart desires like mm-hmm. just just believe in me like literally mm-hmm. feed me
3: yeah um, <laughs>
1: human and, human flesh and blood
3: yeah
1: um, and, <laughs> and but and, and 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 i'll grant your you know your your wishes, and you know, make your 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 deepest desires come true.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's why the film does such a disservice to the ending of this story, because like, yeah, the fact that the the plant Audrey II gets out of control and consumes all of America in the stage version, uh, you know, and but then like Seymour and Audrey get to live this idyllic life away from that, and it, it alludes to it, but like. It's not the same, and, and I think the fact that uh, we gave oh. o- like Seymour gave over to these 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 um, these impulses. Yeah, he gave he gave mm-hmm. in.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and, he, and, and he he ultimately he deserves his ultimate fate. Like mm-hmm. he deserves like like in, in uh, the the tragedy the tragedy of Doctor Faustus. Like you know, at the end of the play, he like cries out to Christ. And mm-hmm. it's like begging for redemption and, and mm-hmm. for, for forgiveness mm-hmm. but it's too late yeah. and the, the devil comes and pulls him down to hell and I sort of I sort of think that like that's like it's it's sort of like it's it, it's like it's literally what happens in the play the last scene. like you know mm-hmm. Seymour is like oh my god you're, you're you know you're so your intentions are to take over the world and to mm-hmm. devour everyone like I can't let this happen. And like, Mm -hmm. I need to redeem myself. You've, you've taken everything from me, you know, everyone in my life, everyone I, I loved. And like, this is my opportunity to, to redeem myself and, and actually like, like follow my moral compass and do what's right. And he, he shoots, you know, Audrey at first and that Mm -hmm. doesn't work. And then he feeds him rat poison and Mm -hmm. that doesn't work. And then he grabs a machete and jumps in and thinks that he can, you know, save, uh, the world by by you know tearing Audrey apart with a machete from inside but in fact like you know the I think I think Audrey too's like jaws they sort of represent you know the the bowels of hell and Mm -hmm. they also you know swallow Seymour up as well
0: it Um, honestly like reminds me of like Saint George and like slaying the dragon like
3: mm
0: -hmm. Seymour literally like had like he had to he needs to slay he had to slay the dragon so you're like literally Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. crazy and it's like also because audrey audrey too is like i just think of like dirt and grime and like nastiness and i love the what's weird is that any anytime i see like any kind of like um uh tentacles or like puppets mm-hmm. it's like weirdly sexual and I mean, it's uncomfortable yeah. to watch oh
1: definitely definitely <laughs> i i also i also love that like like he's like i i mean his, he's like an like a sassy effeminate like gay man he,
3: yes um, very like much so. an
1: archetypical like sinister homosexual that isn't like brought up very much
3: yes or
1: uh, referenced very often but i mean i from what i hear it's like that's
0: Sounds like
1: a faggot to me. Yes, um, absolutely. Yes, 100%. Consume,
2: consume, consume. <laughs> yeah, because
0: usually like these kind of like <laughs> evil archetypes that are are like embodied or uh, rendered in like a very masculine, like sinister, like uh, like a pit, like a pit bull or something. But it's like to me, it's just like no. Like the Mistopheles character has to be this a feminine, like sinister gay guy. Um Mm -hmm. and it's just like immediately when you hear his voice, you know exactly the kind of person he is and like you know exactly what you're getting yourself into. Um you don't have to like think about it too much or intellectualize. It's like you know on a subconscious level like this guy is sinister off of his voice.
1: Yeah. I mean the voice and just the writing it's like he's, he's so witty and funny
0: yes. and
3: sharp yes.
1: and uh, just has like an acid tongue like just mm-hmm. like you would expect you know
0: yes and bassy, what is crazy is. yes and what is so crazy um that like a lot of people I feel like this is it's very underrated like the bible constantly talks about how the tongue is probably the most dangerous body part and like this is like brought up consistently in the bible that like your tongue is probably the most powerful and the most sinister part of your body. Well that makes
3: sense. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: And it is weird <laughs> and it's weird when you say it out loud because it's like the when you think about okay, a person's tongue and like the, a person's mouth like it feels it sounds sexual It sounds sinister Um, and also the actual embodiments and like the performance of Audrey too is like a huge literal mouth. Like that's literally what it is. And you see his like tongue and like he's eating Audrey and then uh, Seymour has to go into the mouth and pull out Audrey out of like this strike like that's basically what the Venus flytrap is like it's just a gigantic mouth with big lips <laughs> and a huge and a tongue so <laughs> well
2: and You're, like the Tower of Babel was brought down by voices wasn't it
0: haven't revisited that one in a hot I second. don't
1: know <laughs> I don't know. I've never, I've literally yeah. ne- I've never read the Bible <laughs>
0: um, no, it, it, the, that's absolutely forgivable. But it, it's just like it's something I think about. Con- something I think about constantly.
3: I, mean, I went like, to semin- I
1: mean, I went. I, I went to Sunday school and you know, raised mm-hmm. Catholic. But yeah, I never. I yeah. never. No one ever forced me to read it, and I didn't yeah. do it on my own accord.
0: Well, I feel like I learned so much (laughs) about like um, the, like the influence, the Bible's influence on like secular society Mm. and like the secular mind from theater school, because we, you know, read Dr. Faustus and we read Dante's Inferno and um, we read The Crucible and like all of these things. Mm -hmm. I feel like all my years of Sunday school, like absolutely did nothing for me like theater uh, theater school and like reading um plays actually taught me about how like uh religious themes and um christian-based mm-hmm. morality and like western morality uh like oh, oh, really. how all I mean, these we things live come together
1: a, we live in a you know judeo-christian society so it's, yeah it's inescapable
0: yeah <laughs> it is yeah totally um but <laughs> Yeah, I'm just, like, weirdly making those strange connections right now, like, thinking about the plant now. It's literally just, like, one big mouth, um, and it's, like, a gay guy talking Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. it's so weird. Temp-
1: yeah. Tempting you to do naughty things.
0: Yeah, oof. Yeah, it does, It'd like, be a
1: bad boy. Well, yeah, I, I also
2: <laughs> thought that there was a lot of, like, imagery of, like, suicide in it, like, sl- like, Audrey too was telling uh, Seymour <laughs> to like slit his wrist.
1: Yeah. What do you No. He said, uh, Seymour said, what do you want me to do? Slit my wrist. And he's like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, <I> th- and, <laughs> Essentially.
2: And, and that really like feeds into like Seymour's like, I'm depressed about my situation, my social situation. I don't feel like I have any purpose. But then what's so interesting is like when Audrey 2 is growing and is becoming this new and novel thing, this strange, you know, celestial being, everyone's like, oh my God, like my sense of purpose is here. Like they have mm-hmm. something to live for. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. thing that they're living for is the thing that's killing them.
0: It's the greatest, gonna yeah, be the will, greatest downfall.
1: Know- I, Seymour does. He doesn't realize that it, when he initially starts feeding Audrey his blood, which also has, uh, you know, like uh, Doctor Faustus, he like signs his the the mm-hmm. the deal with the devil, the contract in his own blood. And although although like, uh, Mustapha is like you know gives him fair warning and describes like what hell is like in, in detail. Um, Audrey doesn't do that. Um, for, for Seymour um mm-hmm. but but I think that uh, you know he literally like seats him his blood um mm-hmm. and at the end of the play of course he he literally signs contracts selling away his soul but in that mm-hmm. I mean that is, in that moment that moment when he makes that connection and, and he's like oh I have to give a part of me like my literal blood to sustain the life of this this thing so I can I have this potential to to you know um to be successful and to uh ascend you know my current you know station in life um mm-hmm. but yeah he literally like he literally like you know, uh, offers his 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 blood
0: uh, yeah
2: i know and it's which, such a like it it's such a strange and fucked up musical and like <laughs> I saw a drag performance of it just the other day, Mm -hmm. you know, and they were just like in your in
1: your stories on Instagram.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's just like oh, like we're doing this fun little show of Little Shop of Horrors, and I'm like, no, (laughs) like it is a very like serious like this this play like hits you on every level. Play it
0: is, and it's very It's very bloody, like. There are very few shows that like combine like uh,
1: mm-hmm. this so weird great. like
0: body horror element with like fun. Well, the way they get away all. with it
1: is, you know, they they marry all of those those elements of horror and gore with you mm-hmm. know you know B movie camp and sci like science fiction camp and just the how you know it makes a lot of sense that that you know the the writer and the composer of Little Shop they also you know they. They wrote the music for the, the Little Mermaid and mm-hmm. yeah, for the, like Beauty and the Bees. Yep, and everything. Like, so they 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 made it. They made the the show. You know, they it was it's clo- you know all these like more sinister you know themes are they're, they're cloaked in this you know camp and mm-hmm. the the humor of the writing mm-hmm. and uh, how how lovable. Um, and relatable the characters
3: are
2: Mm you know well and what's so like fascinating also is that somewhere that's green feels very much like a rough draft of part of your world it does Mm -hmm. oh my god very like melodies absolutely themes
0: yeah that it does but and also like when i think of that song like some that is such a, like a huge like that's what really ties the whole musical together because it's like somewhere like the grass is greener on the other side yes. But then envy. like the plants but envy also because and then the plant is like embodies the evil of envy yes. and like envious. it's fucking it's a plant it's like all of these things come together but money.
1: also
0: money but also it's a little mermaid
1: yeah <laughs> yes, it totally is, it is. is that song it is like it's so it's so cheesy and like mm-hmm. silly and funny like the writing like, like her references like she cooks like betty crocker and i look mm-hmm. like don like there's plastic yes. on the furniture yes like yeah. all scented air mm-hmm. um <laughs> between our frozen dinner and our bedtime 9 yeah. 15 like <laughs> it's just like it's um <laughs> it's so saccharine and like sleep mm-hmm.
0: and, and yeah and idealistic and um in like, like a but sparkly like, way I guess, I guess,
1: yeah but also like the, the way it's performed like you know in like the author's note they're like it so there are all these there are all these elements of like it being campy and sort of like cheesy but like the the, the play only works if if the actors play um the character's very earnestly and seriously. Mm-hmm. Um
0: yeah.
1: and and the way Ellen Green performs it and it's like it's it's to me, no matter how like cheesy and silly the song is, like mm-hmm. that is the most touching, like I literally like I hear her sing it and like I I like tear up. Like I yeah. I I, I have cried and could cry just hearing it. Because it's, you it's it has the potential for like like it it's so incredibly relatable to mm-hmm. to want to to transcend uh, where where you are in your life and to have mm-hmm. like just hope and mm-hmm. a, a dream for yourself. yeah um,
0: yeah, and I think also like the only way to really activate the power of this musical as a performer is to play. It earnestly and play to the truth of it because if you're like so removed, ironically, in like a like this is like it wouldn't, it doesn't work, it doesn't connect. And I feel like it
1: wouldn't be as effective. Yeah.
0: No, and like I I see like this mistake with a lot of that a lot of performers make with musicals is that it, especially musical theater actors, especially because like there's this fine line between um you know playing up the presentational aspect of it but it's like no in the convention of the story and the musical they're singing because they're so overwhelmed with yes. emotion mm-hmm. and you need to be tapped you need to sing from your gut but you also have to like yeah you know from your gut <laughs>
1: totally you, well you have to be willing to to, to go there like, yeah for the, yeah. the song to be effective yeah like, and, And you be vulnerable. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I think a lot of, uh, and especially a lot of like you know, stereotypical musical theater actors, they're just not willing to put in that work or like, like really reference their own their their selves, their their and to try to tap into their subconscious so they can find like you know a a point of entry to
3: to
1: make to make the character you know to, to really you know breathe life into it and mm-hmm. and make it um, um a really like fleshed out like like a real person mm-hmm. they're just yes. like they glom on to and like, not a
0: cartoon you know, you know? The most,
1: <laughs> yeah the yeah. most obvious like cartoonish like mm-hmm. character like and that has to be there too
0: mm-hmm.
1: of course, yeah. especially with like characters like seymour like Audrey, <laughs> like we were talking about earlier like that uh, like you know that like ridiculous like accent and like like lift that Ellen Green uses mm-hmm. uh, um, when she's playing Audrey but like but then uh, you still believe everything that comes out of her mouth and you like sympathize with her so much and yes. are so affected by by you know somewhere that's green and suddenly see more, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um
2: and you and I think like as a musical theater actor you're like you just have to trust that the script will take care of the irony or whatever it needs to yeah. do. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's in the writing. Absolutely. Yes, mm-hmm. it's, it's there. Yeah. It's, it's in there. the script. It's the yeah. It's just there. You can just say the lines, and it's like mm-hmm. people will laugh
2: at that. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, like. Or, and you know, if they don't when, get it, like, like they don't know, get it, you know,
1: or, you know <laughs> just handcuffed a little. Um, hmm
0: <laughs> Yeah. And this is, I feel like this is also true. And I talk to um, just actors in general and also like musical musical theater performers as well. Um, Even like in real life, like you can tell when you talk to an actor who's like absolutely, genuinely an actor first to their core. And when they're weirdly like sinister and like there's something that is like throwing me off there um it it sort of like translate if you're a, a genuine person in real life you it, it makes a good makes a good actor essentially like mm-hmm. i don't know there's like a certain like earnest yeah you, you can't have be a to good be,
1: actor if you're not yeah. if you don't admit where you are and you're not yeah not yourself, right and you're not right you're oh my God, in, yes. in in communication with you know your your um
0: yeah, you're in your own. Yeah, your, your own like, Do you know what I mean? Your, yeah, and like you're tapped into, you're pragmatic and like real, like, in, and tapped into reality in your own life. Yeah, and present. Oh God, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. They because that's all like any acting. Yeah, any acting class is all about like being present, being in the moment, and like every like we like to throw around these phrases, but it's like you have to be in the moment, like, act, activate that in your real life. And be be that as a person, because how are you supposed to like? That even a lot of like? work. It does. It's it's like it's and an, it's good. Yeah,
1: a lot of work.
0: Yeah, it does. But yeah. wow, damn. <laughs> Well, on that and on that note, anything else on the brain? Um, anything on Little Shop? um what what's uh yeah you have a you have a a rave to to be at um what are you up to this week no that's
1: tomorrow
0: oh that's tomorrow right you're right that's correct tomorrow yeah um well other than i do have to
1: rehearse here in a little bit but yes um (laughs) but i mean
0: any other halloween events you're going to Um, to
1: oh no yeah i'm i'm going to that rave and i'm sure i'll stick around it and you know after the performance for a little bit um i'm going to a house party we love those <sighs> oh, good. oh my god and this house them. party on on monday that's funny. Uh on actual halloween as it should I be i generally yes. like i don't i don't really go out like before like before halloween i'm just not one of i like to celebrate on the day and like get dressed mm-hmm. up on the day um, regardless as, um, as to where, you know, Halloween falls in, in the week, a lot of people are like, oh, I only have work or like, I always mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm like, okay, well, it's, it's Halloween and I'm yeah. getting dressed up and I'm going to go and party and have fun. Yeah.
0: Celebrate it's Halloween a, it's a holiday. Day. It shows up on it's
1: calendars.
0: <laughs> it's in, it's <laughs> yeah. all there. The text is there in black <laughs> and white. Okay. It shows up on the calendar. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. my god, that hour and a half flew by. Wow. I know. Like, oh, no, like, it was oh, great. Already
0: absolutely. Stopping. Oh
2: my god.
0: <laughs> I mean it it blows my mind every single time. I'm like, why can't my work day like go by this fast? Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. But, uh Tyler, Literally. you're um you're known as Cry on Command on Instagram. No can you god actually people. cry on command? I'm
1: like, I okay. So, um, yeah, I can.
2: God
3: bless. Yeah, God bless. I, yeah, God bless. <laughs> yes. I mean,
1: uh, so I would, so I would prefer to, um, do, uh, I, like, um, I would prefer it to happen and like to really come from like, um, like, a, a, a real, like, um, oh. Personal, yes. like emotional like 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 specific um technique that i'm that i'm using mm-hmm. but i can like i can like yeah like mechanically just to you know wow do it yeah, yeah. Well, that's, so that's
0: what, what well that's what <laughs> talent is <laughs> that's a um,
1: yeah well i mean if if your technique is failing you and like you need to be able to See,
0: that's what I and say. Like, mess- will
1: start flowing. they
0: will. Yes, it activates It you
1: it activates Yes, it. It <laughs> activates. You, yes. uh, it ha- it you
0: just activates. have to keep
1: your eyes open. It's okay. easy. Okay, thank
0: fucking God, someone else said it. And because... then you make
1: like a crinkled, ugly face. Yes, yes.
0: Come. It's called acting. It's like, easy. Like, yes, it's yeah, so it's easy. Yes, because we you know, say this all the time. You just
1: High do schoolers what you have to do to like you know to sell it. Yeah. Yeah, sell it, and and you have to sell it. The, 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 yeah. you know, yeah, do
0: it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I mean, fourteen-year-olds the- do it every day.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably when I started doing that. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, it's <laughs> what I, I've been. I've been working at for. I mean, it it, it can get you places. Absolutely. What do? That yeah, that's really what, what every actor. Yeah, all my acting <laughs> teachers. Whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. Do what works for you um that is uh-huh. so funny <laughs> yeah um well any anywhere else we can find you um or it, in, any,
2: projects, any projects projects or, or any, any other
0: musings no there's really nothing
1: i want i i want to plug that is related to acting currently
2: <laughs> yeah. okay um, well everybody follow yeah. tyler everybody
0: follow
3: tyler Yes.
2: Please
1: don't. <laughs> <laughs> I only have like like six hundred followers or something. Um, you, I mean, you, yeah, you can if you want. <laughs> excellent,
0: beautiful. Well, all right. <laughs> excellent. Well, thank you so much, Tyler. We this was amazing. Um, yes, thank you so much. And uh, it yeah.
1: was so yes. much fun. Thanks, guys.
0: Excellent. Have a great Happy rehearsal. Halloween. Happy
1: Halloween. Thank you. Happy Halloween. Bye, guys.
0: Bye, and see And see <laughs>